God damn it if it isn't another slow readers. You phonies. Yeah, that's as good as these intros get. Hit the theme music. That's some good theme music. Birdie, birds, 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 birds. You just hold, you just cut it in the way you want to cut it in. I like, I like just laying it over there, hmm. and it's usually, hmm. it usually runs for like four or five seconds, and then it starts to taper off. Welcome, listener readers. I should be looking at the camera, not the computer. There's a camera. Yeah, I know. It's really creepy. It's we're in uh, Top Gallon. Uh, now the the viewers, listener readers, can uh, see for the for uh, for uh, to, for proof's sake. You can see for proof's sake um, for how proof's much sake. Daniel needs to find a word. Yeah, exactly. How you can look at me struggle to find language, mm-hmm. but you can actually see top gallant walk-in closet. Welcome which... to stately top gallant walk-in closet mm-hmm. with purple cur- uh, curtains, purple curtains, purple purpins, mm-hmm. and uh, and two dum dums who look pretty tired. Yeah, I uh, threw up twice. Mm, not me. Not you. I had it and out though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so welcome, listener readers, and now viewer readers to your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. We are slow readers, brought to you by Top Gallant Radio, where the conversation is always on books. The conversation's always on reading. It's always on being struck by life. It's always about trying to hold back time. It's always about the combination of Denver media and Los Angeles ingenuity. It's all about staying up really late. It's all about drinking frozen gin and tonics and then regretting it the next day. Which, I mean, is like, honestly, that is the solution to us being hungover every time we go to Oyster House. Pretty We're like, at, we go there, we have like two drinks and like we feel like shit. And apparently it's because of frozen gin and tonics. It must be the case. It has to be. But enough fucking abouts. Daniel- What? Cancel the show? Yes, it's our show. Okay. See you next time, everyone. Bye. We decided to end it. No, what were you saying? We have <laughs> an incredibly special guest with us on the air mm-hmm. and on camera through mm-hmm. the magic of the internet. The we internet. have one of our favorite guests. This is the second time on the show. This is the first time returning. We have Mr. Matt Struck, host of Really Late Night of Matt Struck. Matt, hello. Oh, wow. How are you? That was such a wonderful intro. You guys do the best intros. Thanks, man. Thank it's you. like four minutes of rambling. Four, it, we've, been, <laughs> yeah. we've been recording for 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. Two of that was the intro. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, nice, right. To, nice, to, nice, to, nice to have you again, Matthew. Yeah, totally. Thanks for um, having me back. Uh, last time I saw Gabe, I was like, hey, I want to I wanna come back on the show. And he was like, totally. But I'm always unsure, you know, I'm always afraid people are just like, totally, and then they, like, leave. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the nature of, of asking people to collaborate, like, especially, like, like, you know, finding here, in back in New York, where you and I first became friends, when, when you were doing your late night show live, and I would help you on your shows, um, I, we'd meet a lot of people, and people would always be like, yeah, I totally want to collabo, and then you just never hear from them ever again. Right, totally, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but people take me up on stuff a lot more now. I don't know if it's because we're in our sixth episode of the show, but when I'm like, hey, let's do something, people actually say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. It's They feel your tenacity. Yeah. <laughs> they feel your veracity. My compulsion to like, have a busy schedule. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta dress for the job you want, and you always do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Matthew, um, this is the second time you've been on the show. Last time you were on the show, you brought one of your favorite books, I think, uh, called Hocus Pocus by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Yeah. Uh, we're not reading that, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. Um, (laughs) I was, I mean, I was happy that you guys took that little trip with me and how we all kind of got lost in his words. (laughs) It was a wonderful journey. It it was. I I actually do want to go back to it. It's been a, it's been, it's been a long time. It's been quite a while. It's been quite a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I only got like a third of the way through that very short Kurt Vonnegut book. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Says a lot about me. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, it's great to have you back. And also again, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you back because we are the one media show where we require people to read a book before they come on so yeah, it's exhausting it's, it's, well before we do any of that uh-huh. um for our listeners who don't know who you are matt lee please introduce yourself a little bit tell us what's going on for really late night oh yeah so my name is matt struck i'm host of really late night with matt struck and it is a narrative late night show so it's has a story but it also has like real comedians real actors real bands and they're kind of interwoven together. Um, but also, you know, I do comedy, I do writing, and all sorts of creative endeavors. 
So, I always very much enjoy your uh, your seminars. Your draw, your drawing seminars are always a highlight for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not afraid to jump on the live stream. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was for a long time, but now, um, I I think uh, what's it called? Courage. I have a little more courage. Mm. Yeah, buddy. I've heard of that. Is it is that the cowardly dog? Oh, I think I think so. Yeah, I bought a bunch of DVDs of Courage the Cowardly <laughs> Dog, <laughs> and that's all but, you've ever uh, needed all along. <laughs> yeah, um, but we have like a lot of really exciting guests that are going to be coming on the show. Um, Excellent. Have you heard of uh, Have you heard of the comedian Sinbad? Yes, I've heard of Sinbad. Well, I've been star of first kid. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking for his email, and uh, I'm thinking about emailing him. So that's exciting, dude. I believe in you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> he was he was recently on the Breakfast Club, and I was like, man, Sinbad is actually really cool. He's a cool dude. Was he ever not a cool dude? <laughs> totally cool. Yeah, <laughs> I love that guy. Um, I mean, like, man, your your show has had DMX on it. It's had Tom Hanks on it. So why would Sinbad right. not be on it? Did you say your show had Tom Hanks? Yes, it did. Daniel, mm-hmm. do you not watch really late with Max? You know, I, I'm a little far behind on uh, on on really late night with Max Truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Tom Hanks. Tell us about it. Tell us about Tom Hanks. How was he? Did you touch him? Oh, Tom Hanks was really good. He was actually young Tom Hanks. <laughs> so we got Tom Hanks from Big. Well, we got my friend to play Tom Hanks from Big. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he, I mean, he was he was great. He was very believable, but. Uh, the reviews that came back actually said he looked more like Quentin Tarantino. So, but I I don't do it for the reviews. Do you uh-huh. know who I do it for? I for do it for us. the fans. For the fans? Their friends and their fans. I their love friends. it. That's very touching. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And the one way that I've been able to connect with them is uh, I have a Patreon, too. So oh, yeah. there's mm. a little plug. Um, Check out Matt's Patreon, folks. <laughs> how do people find yes, your Patreon? Do. Tom, how to find it? Oh, um, it's just, uh, I think you type in match structures. <laughs> mm-hmm. I should know this. I did not prepare for this part, but I did read the book <laughs> this time, which is good. It was on your Facebook. Um, yeah, yeah. It's on my Facebook. It's also on all my Instagrams. So if you go to match structures on Instagram or really late night, we have a really late night Instagram now too. So, you know, things are building. It's just a matter of time until Sinbad is sitting across the desk from me. <laughs> maybe one of these days you'll have. Tom Hanks playing Tom Hanks from Joe versus the Volcano, as opposed to Tom <laughs> Hanks playing Tom Hanks as the child who's not played by Tom Hanks when he gets transformed into the older man who's played by Tom Hanks, who's acting like right. a younger child. And right. then he says Shazam. <laughs> and then Shazam happens. <laughs> or like, it'd be like, hey, everyone, you know Tom Hanks, so please welcome my guest, one of the animators from the Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they presented him in his in that creepy mannequin style. Has anyone seen yeah. that movie? Who's I have seen, not seen that movie. Have you seen that movie, Matt? I watched a little bit of it, and I was really scared because I couldn't tell if it was live action or cartoon or what. And I I turned it off and went to bed. It was almost too much for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't like it. It's it's like it's like people talking about how the new Disney the new uh, Lion King movie is live action. It's not. It's still being animated. It's just really really realistic <laughs> animation. It's still it's oh, not yeah. different. It's still animation. I don't. Yeah, none, even the the background. There aren't real right. lions. No, they're not. I wish. Uh, do you know if they're talking in the new one? Yeah. Yeah. Donald Glover voices Simba. Bro. Oh, the Gambino oh, himself and Beyonce's Nala. Matt, do you want to? <laughs> I like the want... idea. Sorry, I like the idea of them not talking, but <laughs> they're still like voice actors attached to the characters. <laughs> it's just voice <laughs> actors like... doing the expressions. Like... Yeah, mm-hmm. Matt, can I? Uh, yes. uh, for a very brief, I want to go on my spiel that kind of broke me with this Lion King remake. Is that uh, they got uh, James Earl Jones mm-hmm. to play Mufasa? Jedge. And again, and that's what made me actually really think about the decisions they're making for this movie. And I just went, this movie doesn't make any damn sense. Like, they're just, just (laughs) the idea. Again, it's not, they're not making a live action remake. It's a, it's a CG animated film. Yeah. That's, that's almost shot for shot also in some cases. Probably. A remake of the original, just straight up animated movie. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who are they going to get to play that legendary uh, character Mufasa played by legendary actor James Earl Jones? And it's like, James Earl Jones. And you're just like. But that's the same actor. Don't you want to do something different? Then you think about it and you just go like, 
No, they what? No, why what would the, they do that? They could get him again. It's all it's all about the money. It's all about the doll hairs, Daniel. It, it is. I'm pretend for a brief second I was pretending that Disney wasn't doing this yeah. just to make an extra billion dollars. Yeah. A cool billion. Also that randomly reminded right. me we didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, good point. Matt, can you introduce us? <laughs> uh, hi, these are some guys I met off of a Craigslist ad. Hey, <laughs> Craigslist.com. You met me on Backpages. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you guys might do a better job just because you guys know your <laughs> okay. whole bio. I don't want to butcher it. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, who are, and what are you? Hello, everyone. Hello, people on camera. Mm-hmm. I am wearing my famous bloody Ibrahim t-shirt. This is our buddy Ibrahim. Yeah, he got in a fight. He got in a fight. But hello, I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian sometimes. I'm a writer most of the time. I'm a bartender now and again. I'm an audio producer all the time. And I'm the co-host of this show. Please check out Self Evident coming out soon. And you, my good man, who is uh, needs to back up a little bit for the microphone. You're blowing out a lot. Am I? You are. I'm all right. Uh, I am Daniel Gonzalez, an audio producer, a writer, editor, and an author. Uh-huh. I know, it's like really sensitive, huh? Yeah, like, it's I just was, like me and my emotions. When we were, no, but we were, uh, like I, when I was testing yours, like mine wasn't blowing out I think you're much. projecting more because you're on camera. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, and yeah, this is the show where we do just audio tests uh, when we're live and yeah. we're recording on video. This show is called Mic Check, and all we do is mic check. Yeah, mic check. <laughs> mic. And then we check in of our friends, Michael. Mike? Michael! Mike! Michael! Oh, Matt, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like Mike. Sh- shouting Michael at you over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, real quick, uh, I'm a big fan of your mug. Oh, which um, we... He like, has a variety of mugs. Several. The snake yeah. mug. The, I think it's the most recent one, unless you actually did put out Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, uh, no steppy on snake hiss doggo. And <laughs> yes. it has the logo from the libertarian flag. Just uh-huh. so that way for the people at home who are like, um, what, what kind of creative mug is this? Um, I kind of want to redo it. So um, we're going to do a second uh, round and I'll uh, send one to you. Yeah. Uh, it is Daniel's so birthday we'll, um, coming up. Coming up. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, we should, um, maybe we could collaborate on it. Yeah. And we can uh, figure out what to say on the next the next one. We each have very passable <laughs> skills in Photoshop. Yes. Sort of. Okay. Passable. Cool. In quotes. Like maybe the snake could be reading or something. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we'll just put our faces all over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I like it. Um. Uh. Yeah. That, that's. Uh, yeah. That's all. I, that's all I really want to say. Cool. In the intro. Um. Matt, we don't really have a structure for the intro. Uh. And I don't think we have any games prepared for this. No, I was gonna set up a game for you guys. I was gonna call it "Are You a Phony?" But then I decided to just kind of like. Not do it. <laughs> Not do it, because I got, I got tired. I worked, like, two jobs. Anywho's, um, <laughs> should we go on a quick break? And then we're going to dive into our very, very serious, very analytical discussion on John, D- D- Jerome, Jerome, David, Salinger, Dylan? Jerome? Dylan, yeah, Dylan's the actual Jerome, last name. D- Dylan Jerome Salinger's. Dillinger. Dylan's Salinger. Salinger's <laughs> Catcher in a Rye, also known as the Rye Catcher Baker. The Rye, the rye mm, Baker. Yes. And did you, know, did you know that close to our work, Gabriel, in Burbank, California... That's where we live. There is a restaurant called Catcher in the Rye. Why? I don't know. Should we go there? Yeah, right now. Okay. Uh, we're going to record the rest of this in the Catcher of the Rye uh, restaurant, if it is a restaurant or a diner. Okay. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's not going to be on video, so just take our word for it. Uh, cool. That's, that's how we solve our problems. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Matt, say we'll be right back. Matt, say we'll be right back. Cool. Oh, we'll be right back. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Alright, break. And we're back. Hi, everyone. To our show. Slow Readers. Slow Readers. Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. Featuring Matt Struck. A really late night of Matt Struck. Matt Struck, say hello. Yeah. Hello. Hey, hey y'all. <laughs> and I realized we neglected to mention something in all the excitement of uh, Matt being on the show and mm-hmm. also doing video. This is another episode in our series that we are currently rebranding. We are it used to be just called simply Strand 80, but it occurred to me that we should be calling it this whole time Stranded. Which makes somewhat sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and hopefully and cut in that music cue. Okay, that music cue. 
Mm. Ain't like no that. big thing. What's that? That's that's Love Is the Drug by Roxy Music. They have an album called Stranded. Oh, so again, it's it's a Roxy Music song that we're gonna use from an album that's actually called Stranded. There's yeah. no titular track for Stranded. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Hey, it might be. Anyway, anyway, so what we're doing for loyal listeners and Matt, I believe, who will know about this, mm. um, we are doing every single book on the Strand Eighty. 80. The Strand is one of the best bookstores in the world, located in New York City, uh-huh. right by a coffee shop where Matt and I used to work at. Mm. Um, there's 18 miles oh, yeah. of books, and they have a list of the 80 top reader favorites. And we're doing every single fucking one it's gonna be a real endeavor matt tell us about your experiences with the strand oh well let me uh it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because the strand is uh, one of the top five places that i like to get into an argument with the person i'm in a relationship with <laughs> so explain you know what? you kind of you don't have to be like incredibly quiet like the new york public library uh-huh. <laughs> and you can't be like totally loud like on the subway it's uh-huh. this nice like in between yeah it's like, um, like you, have to, you have to have like a hushed but serious talk uh-huh. right and and you have plenty of books to look around that you can skim through as the person's telling you what's wrong with your personality <laughs> <laughs> matt when when you're at the strand and when you get to that point in the argument where you don't want to argue with the other person, so you have to step away, what genre of books do you go to? Geography. Okay. Geography. That's a solid call. That's solid. You know, it's like, here's where I'd just, rather be than heareth you right now. Yeah. Or just be like, you remember when we met? We were going to go to old Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's tragic. I like the idea yeah. that um that you would send that like you would step away and then all your social media starts like blowing up with pictures of like Peru and you're just like hey <laughs> who wants to take a sudden trip to Peru <laughs> right <laughs> she sees in social media she's um, like what the fuck what is this Matt <laughs> <laughs> I I also like that they had like just like um uh, a ton of books right outside for really cheap like fifty cents or a dollar I can't and remember often fully. good books or they're free yeah. if you take them. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. no one's looking. They don't care that much. They don't care. They're outside. There's a reason those well, people are outside. Well, there's a couple things, too, why I, like, really appreciate your podcast, if I can give you some props right now. Yeah. Um, because I had to go purchase the book, I actually went and visited uh, my local bookstore, Capitol Hill Books in Denver. Cool. And I even bought some other books while I was there, and I was like, you know what? These These bookstores need to be supported for multiple reasons. One... Because they have information and knowledge and wisdom. I guess yes, that's two yes. reasons. Second reason, how are people going to fall in love unless a bookstore is involved, you know? Yeah. How are Romantic you also gonna comedies. Get, how are you going to have arguments if there's no bookstores involved as well? Right. How, how are you going <laughs> to break up with those same people later mm-hmm. on? I mean, right. And take a sudden trip with the boys. Yeah. Uh, because you want to get away from the relationship. <laughs> hey, I feel like, um, if it, like we could all meet halfway in Vegas between LA and Denver. We'll oh wow let's go to actually let's... i'm pretty sure that like we're way closer to vegas than you are but still props yeah let's, i don't uh... know it might be pretty close doesn't it take like 18 hours oh for, for, for us you. And, yeah <laughs> um like for um us it's like four hours and it was like oh really yeah it was like <laughs> i didn't like, know that yeah it was like a 10 hour drive from denver it was that was like my longest day driving across the country I like left Denver and I went over like Utah and the and the mountains. It was a long, long way. Utah, right? That well, if we do it, you guys could just drive a little slower and then it will. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. take our sweet, sweet time. <laughs> we'll, we'll time it. <laughs> it takes you what? How many? Eight hours to get there? Eighteen, I think. It's 18. a long drive. Okay, it takes you eighteen hours. It takes us four, four. hours. So we'll time it. So we we'll drive for eighteen slower, hours slower. anyway. Yeah. And you know what? When we're in Las Vegas together, we will go to the bookstore there. That said, let's right. stop talking about Vegas because I think mm-hmm. we're going. We this is past the intro. We're actually deep in the. <laughs> it's book. time for book talk. We're, we're talking book about talk. the Catcher in the Rye. This one. The Thatcher and the Cry. Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah, the Rye Baker, a great um, novel. And uh, and again, yeah, this is part of the Strand eighty, aka Stranded. Stranded. Um, and this is like the. Uh, ninth episode. Really? The wow. Twentieth. I don't know. Go us. Um. And uh. And yeah, we're doing catching the right. Um. Normally, I have to say, normally we begin with kind of like an intro about like who the author is and whatnot. Um. This one has the very distinction of two points. One, uh, the author was a recluse, so like there's only like a few little tidbits here and there you can actually know about it. Tidbit. Him. Two, 
Uh, we had our first uh, ongoing, well, limited series uh, in uh, 2018's uh, Slow Readers was 9 and 9, mm-hmm. where we covered each of the individual nine stories in Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger. Jerome, and we talked a lot about our history of Salinger, and it often bled into our talks about Catcher. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, if you go back and listen to like the first two episodes of that, that's going to be a more thorough review of Catcher in the Rye than probably this episode. Could be. That said. That said. Uh, let's throw it to Matt. Matt. How about this? Matt. That's so, I, I didn't know that he was a recluse. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's an interesting rec- Okay, let's go into it. Um, so very uh, very briefly, well, how about this, Matt? How much do you know? Do you know anything about J.D. Salinger? No, I don't. Um, hmm. My knowledge pretty much only extends to Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is like a great bread. invitation for me to like kind of like try out some new pants, if you will. Yeah, you're a big fan of uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut and Ayn Rand. Mm. Um, uh-huh. yeah. So, uh, so yeah how about this did you have to read uh the catcher in the rye in school college or anything like that no i didn't i went to a very untraditional school and uh, we didn't hit any of the classics so we kind of got a bunch of obscure stuff which is probably why i'm like kind of snobby still sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i kind of really um, want to go on a huge tangent now to, to hear you explain non-traditional school <laughs> You know, what's funny, though, is that there was um, a moment because I was finishing it uh, at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm aware that a lot of people read this when they're like in high school or middle school, college. And since I didn't read it, I kind of felt insecure, like as if people uh-huh. at the restaurant would know that I had it. <laughs> it like, and like, you know, and with the character being as like insecure as he was, I was like, oh, no, I'm relating way too much right now. I, I love the idea that you're expecting people to come up and be like, oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, I read it back in the day. Hey, do you remember yeah. the museum that he goes to and then turns away right away? <laughs> and you're going to be like, uh, yeah, that one. And he's like, which museum was yeah. it? Yeah, someone like, like tests you. And Matt's going like, to be like, that oh. scene's crazy. And I refer to the chapters as scenes. <laughs> that seems wild. And he just goes like, poser. Oh, you didn't read it. And mm-hmm. he just walks away and judges you. And everyone there, he passes around that you have not read Catch in the Rye yet. Suddenly everyone's right, whispering. Yeah. They can tell like on my face, they're like, it's his first time reading it. <laughs> and then they like dip into their tofu bowl. I was also reading it at a vegan restaurant. So oh I yeah, no, that's that. asking for so trouble. There's, oh, okay. there's all kinds of stuff going on. <laughs> for some reason, I was pitching this scenario in a diner. Yeah, me too. What, what did he say? Did you say diner? He said restaurant. Are you pulling our dicks? Uh, uh, diner. I said diner. Oh, you did say diner. Ah, I thought so. It was a vegan diner. (laughs) Shaking our heads at you. You know what I wish, though? Um, I wasn't the strongest reader in college, um, but I wish that, like, there was a podcast back then, Mm. because I will read if there's a chance for me to, like, kind of have an audience and talk and it to be broadcast. Oh, my God. I would have totally got, like, a PhD. I wouldn't have left. (laughs) That uh, that should be passed around in colleges. Is that hey, if you if you get if you focus on like this thing that you think is unimportant, you could have a podcast on it. Yeah, that's what that's your that's your award. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, that's it. So uh, again, like, so you did you know anything? You had like no history with it at all until yeah, like, this, you this is your very this? first time. Yeah, I just went in blind. Did your did your non traditional? Ah, never mind. Let's not make fun of non traditional schools. They have their thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. right. as me and gabriel make sour faces mm-hmm. right, we went to right. public school um, so yeah uh very quick matt let me mansplain uh jd salinger to you um perfect uh he was a uh, part of like the whole like modernist aka like slash postmodernist kind of section of american literature and uh like a lot of people at the time uh, as a young man he was actually in world war Two. he was in the battle of the bulge he was in he was in battle of the bulge he was at d-day he was like in a whole like list of just basically like the were like the most uh like the toughest fighting he was also one of like the first american soldiers in a concentration camp yeah he he was in the shit so uh oh, wow so matt it's gonna be like we're like with what we're gonna talk about i'm sure is that like it's gonna be pretty shocking that like it's really important to give the context to this book that 
This is written by a guy who is traumatized by the harshest realities of World War II. Yeah, it's a nice connection to Vonnegut, who Vonnegut. much the same, who yeah. much like oh. a lot of like he was one of those writers oh. who saw the hideousness of war and when his when he wrote about war, he didn't write literally about war. It was always something more than that. Yeah. Like, he'll do um, Slaughterhouse-Five, where he actually, it's the one where he explicitly talks about the thing that he remembers the most, but it's also a time-traveling movie about aliens and somebody losing his mind. Yep. Um, but that said, uh, also very very brief, and I don't know if even you know about this, Gabriel, huh. um, is that he always was, like, a very sensitive, kind of precocious person, uh, and essentially he, let me think, it wasn't immediately after Catching the Rye, but Catching the Rye was a massive success, like, when it was released. And I think uh, within like a few years, one of his follow-ups was actually a very long, it was almost, I guess it was like a novella. And I forget the name. It was like a date. Uh, that came out and was savaged by critics. Hmm. Uh, and his reaction to that was, I'm not going to publish anything ever again. And um, hmm. that was like 1950, whatever. Uh, he died a couple years ago. Kept his promise. He never yeah. published anything again. Um, and also he's fought tooth and nail to keep uh, Catching the Rye into being adapted into a film. Uh, there's one really great story. I don't remember the producer's name off the top of my head, but um, this guy, like this like big shot producer was like, you know what? I can do this. I actually kind of have like the legal like wiggle room to essentially get around this. And he said, one day, uh, like this tall, like older man strolled into my office and came up to me, like came to my office and said, uh, I want Mr. So-and-so to know that he's being a very, very rude man. And he turned and walked away and found out later. It's like, oh, that was J.D. Salinger. <laughs> he mm. came in and basically said that. <laughs> And the movie didn't wow. happen. Uh, other than yeah. that, he's a very strange man with uh, some kind of strange behavioral yeah, he, s- stuff. He, there's, there's quite a few ticks behind him. There, There is. And uh, you hear some stories about like how like his family, like the family situation afterward that and some of it's pretty harsh. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, it's mixed. Let's say. Yeah. You know, he, he might not have been the best guy, but he was a very good writer. That's hard to deny that. Yes. And out of, out of anyone, he, he's definitely made like it's his life thing to kind of separate himself from the art that he created. Yes. Well, let's hop into this. Yes. Matt, would you do us the honors of explaining to the readers as quickly as possible, what is the story of Catcher in the Rye? Okay. All right. Um, Oh, I I didn't know this part. So, (laughs) Catcher in the Rye Mm -hmm. is told from the perspective of this 18-year-old kid named uh, Holden Caulfield who has patches little patches of gray hair and it follows him in a flashback over the course of four days in New York and just an incessant inner monologue of uh, fear confusion reassurance and almost like bargaining with reality Mm, uh Um, and like kind of just follows him and it's like a coming of age story too but um unlike a lot of them it didn't feel like he grew up in the end which i thought was cool so if i were to do it that's how i'd say it all right that very good matt except i think you said he was 18 he's 16 he's 16 yeah he's 16 oh yeah he's underage i think i think well from what i read is that he's 16 in the telling of it he's 17 but, yeah um but when he's telling it, it's like he's older, I guess. I don't yeah, he's know. in an asylum. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so let, let's actually talk about that. Even though it's not, I, I don't think it's actually explicitly described as an asylum. But uh, but basically, the this is, he is telling, as a 17-year-old young man, in an asylum or some kind of hospital, it's basically saying, like, like uh, he's describing a story that happened to him a year ago when he was 16. Um, oh, okay. But uh, but yeah, uh, that's also a very interesting thing that like me when I was very very young when I when I read this for the first time, as I mm-hmm. said probably two thousand times in the nine stories Comes up. Uh, thing, that uh, that I was I was like thirteen or fourteen when I first read this, and uh, Matt, you'll appreciate the story. Uh, is that I I read it back then and I was like, this is my favorite book. I've never read a book like this before. I love this book, uh, as a thirteen or fourteen year old, and I was telling all my friends, it's like, dude, I can't wait to get until we read uh, catch in the rye for high school and i was really hyping this for years and then uh my it was like we're, i think everyone was in like 10th grade i think when they uh read catch in the rye and everybody hated it yeah <laughs> and uh they, <laughs> they gave me shit for it because they're just like why do you like this 
And as a bunch of like 16 year olds ourselves, they were just like, this guy's so like self-absorbed and he complains all the times. And he just sounds like an, a total dick and an asshole. Right. And, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I felt, I mean, besides like that whole kind of thing about like 16 year olds complaining about this 16 year old being like, un, not self-aware and mm-hmm. you know, complaining, whatever. It's funny. But like, I felt terrible because this was my favorite book and it kind of stopped being my favorite book at that point. Or I stopped telling people it was my favorite book. Sure. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's 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 my fun history of Catching the Rye. Gabriel, what's your brief right. What's your history of Catching the Rye? Um, I read it um mornings in tenth grade, sitting on the floor of the high school library, mm. just because I didn't like to be in homeroom. So I just read this book all the way through there, and I read it because I felt like I had to, not because I wanted to. It felt like the right thing to do as a sixteen-year-old. Um, I did not care for this book, like around that time. I pushed through it. You know, it was one of those things where, like, even to this day, if I don't like a book, I'm not going to finish it. But I clearly liked enough of it that I finished reading the book. But I've spent most of my life really disliking Holden as a character. But then that's probably because I saw too much of myself in him. And I was, like, a self-loathing, like, angry, angsty teen. And I don't know. It felt like a, like a different generational kind of story then that... This back when it came out, it was like, this is the voice of young America. And as the time has gone on, people have become more and more self-aware and critical of things that aren't self-aware enough. So it just read differently to me at 16. So I was just kind of like, oh, this yeah. guy, he's the worst. That, that's an interesting thing, whereas that oddly enough, I think with some social media is that people kind of go either ways. They either become less self-aware or they become very self-aware because they're literally like viewing themselves all the time and looking at the things that they do. Mm-hmm. So like, right. yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I think it's also a bigger discussion. We're recording about, ourselves right now. Yeah. We talking are. about catching your eye. Is I bet it's still off. We heard it it's, <laughs> it's funny because I mentioned to a friend of mine, and he's he's older. He's in his 50s. Mm. And I mentioned that I was reading that to be on a podcast. And he was like, he's like, you know, even when I read it, it felt like an older story. It felt, it feels so far away, just the time period. Mm-hmm. He's like, it feels old. And then he was like, and my kids had to read it in school. And he was <laughs> like, why are they having these kids read it? And I was like, I think it's to stick it to them. <laughs> Y'all are annoying. And that's why they that's like hilarious. still put it in school. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, for, if you're not aware of how you sound, this is how you sound. This is, this is all English teachers just being like, giving them to kids and the kids are just like, this guy's an asshole. He's very unfair to right. people around him. He should really look at himself. And then this teacher's just like, mm. oh yeah, that's an interesting observation. <laughs> little yeah. one. But I mean, but there's really no other way, right? It's kind of like uh, like a tooth coming in or like, dro- like losing a tooth. Mm-hmm. You have to like go through that phase because you've only been alive so long. And you're trying to figure out reality, kind of like how, like, you know how, like, video games, how sometimes they wouldn't load if you, like, went to a different part of the city too fast or something? Yeah. Or if you mm-hmm. turned around real quick? It's uh-huh. kind of like that, where it's, like, our grasp on who we are and what's going on is still, like, loading. So uh-huh, you're, like, kind of guessing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a necessary, awkward growth. I found a picture of myself recently where I was in high school and I was wearing, like, clothing and choice styles of three different subcultures <laughs> and i was like that poor poor boy <laughs> but it's like what do you want me to do i've only been here like yeah like 16 years <laughs> we don't have any perspective you know like, it's, it's something you gain and i think that's what that's what children that's why that's why people hate kids i think this is generally why people hate kids is because kids don't have empathy yet mm. and i think that's an interesting way to look at like do you guys feel that holden is an empathetic character is that his is that his problem? Is he too empathetic and too young? Matt, how do you feel? Um, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think that he's in a space to be empathetic. Like from what he describes, that school, um, I forget what it's called. Pensley. Pensy. 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 That's Pensley. Pensy. 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 Yes, I can. Um, I that's like not conducive to like the sensitive side that he has you know mm-hmm. it like just it can't live there it, yeah, he, he, he suffered like a like, lot of loss yeah he, he suffered yeah he he suffered some very very severe loss uh that we find out but yeah pensy pensy yeah okay, there we go i knew it right. yeah 
Uh, well, and even the introduction of um, the Ali character, his dead brother, mm-hmm. that like also really does explain his character a lot because um, there is something really strange that when you lose people when they're young, uh-huh. there's like all this possibility that they've like kind of become these like not not fully formed characters. So like your your mind is able to just like wonder what they could be as opposed to like when an old person dies it's like yeah we know <laughs> we saw a beginning to end it's over you know when an old person dies but... you just go yeah get over it i've seen it before <laughs> right yeah <laughs> they watch soap operas and smoke cigarettes that's how it ended <laughs> but with like you know a kid it's like who knows what they could have been and that like really explained him a lot and the amount of thinking he did about him yeah the, the um, loss of potential yeah and also just that he's kind of having to go forth and kind of getting pushed forward in time. And he has to keep coming up with how to, like, live with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Matt. It's, that still didn't make me like him, though. I didn't like him. You didn't like him? Like, for most of the book, <laughs> which I thought was actually quite the feat. Mm-hmm. Like, usually when you spend that much time with, like, your main character, your narrator, you're like, oh, they're cool. <laughs> and like this one, I was like, it was like, you know, 22 chapters in. I was like, why am I still with this guy? <laughs> yeah, I was just, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, I never liked him reading it when I was 16, but I, I, I stuck with him. He's, he's a compelling character to say the least. Uh, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I waited for your response for no reason. Um, uh, Matt, <laughs> so I know I wanted to say, because you were kind of going for a while there, but let's get you talking more. So. On the whole, how do you feel about Catcher in the Rye ever since? You're, you were talking about like how you felt about Holden and kind of like his like the uh, the ver- the 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 way to look at the story as a coming of age story. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of ways you can look at it. So, but how do you feel on the whole on Catcher in the Rye by Jerome David? We think Salinger. Um, I think it's really good. I kind of like had. Uh, a little bit of a longing for that kind of like more simplistic time where just some kid could like, check into a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like here nowadays we live in such like an ID kind of culture and mm-hmm. like we need proof of everything. If you get an apartment, you need like 10 pay stubs and this and that, <laughs> you know, it's so obnoxious. We should um, go back to the time and... of us just pointing out our gray hairs and being like, I'm old. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, like, I thought it was so clever the way that there was, like, so much packed into those days, and I don't know if it's because I was uh, living in New York, but it felt really believable, because it just, like, can keep going, you know? Mm. Um, But the repetition of the book also, Mm -hmm. like, I really loved, and the way that um, Holden would always say things were depressing... (laughs) Um, reminded me of something I heard recently where sometimes uh, kids, they'll use the words depressing and bored interchangeably. Uh Interesting. And I like even caught myself recently doing that um, where I was telling someone like arguing online about politics is boring. (laughs) It's boring. And I was like mad, but it's like also (laughs) depressing because it's like the same solution you just get the same like product at the end of it it's depressing you know there's no growth Mm -hmm. um it's boring it's depressing and just the way he like said it was lousy (laughs) yeah like throughout and it's like he the character has a lot of feelings obviously but almost doesn't have enough words to express all those feelings which did make me feel sympathetic but i i will say that like i like breeze through this book which is always like um, a sign of like good writing mm-hmm. to me. Um, not that Kurt Vonnegut's bad by any means, yeah. but it was a nice change of space. Like, because I feel like the last time we read it, there might have been like fifty or a hundred more pages in that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like just breezed through this, and I was like, "Geez, I was stuck on that other one for way too long." <laughs> but I mean, all in all, I guess if I were to give it a rating system, I'd give it um, like. Eight out of ten rye breads. Yeah, eight out if of you ten. Can, rye. Like, yeah, I think a, a lot of people what their biggest complaint is is that it's kind of a mirror, right? 
it's um, just kind of reminds us of those kind of uglier sides of ourselves, I think which most isn't people, a fair critique of a book. <laughs> I, uh, well, yeah, I think most sorry, people don't really, I think uh, people I think who hate the book, like myself included. Well, I think for me, like I, I recognized right away how much I hated myself in the character. I think most people don't recognize how much Holden is themselves. Um, sorry, Daniel, what, you know, what were you about to say, Daniel? No, no, I was going to, I was, you know, I was going to say like the opposite. It's like, yeah, no, like I picked this up and, I felt like this, I felt when I was 13 or 14, I 100% saw myself becoming this kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was saw, like, I don't want to be this person. I, I, I saw that. And I was really shocked when everyone was just like, I hate this kind of person. I was, I was like, like, but, but you're all me. that person. That's you I didn't, realize that, me. I, didn't, I didn't even realize that like everyone's supposed to see it themselves. I just saw this as me. And then everyone's mm-hmm. like, I hate this guy. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And then when it but, came out, that's how people felt about it. It was, it was a voice of a new generation. Uh, pretty much. Um, Maybe. Yeah, actually. But, uh, and I think honestly, because I haven't pit- touched this book in a long time, ever since I was yeah. traumatized you know, by how, all my it, friends. It's your it. first time rereading uh, <laughs> it in a very long time. How did you feel about it this time around? Uh, no, it's very, it's very interesting. It's a, it's one of those things where, um, I mean, later on we'll do this segment called Hazy Memories, where, uh, for like the second time in a row with this and uh, East of Eden, like huge hazy memory books, especially this one, it's like I remember everything from this book shockingly well. Mm-hmm. There's little details I don't really remember, and I didn't necessarily get some of, like the more thematic stuff but uh but yeah no there's a lot it's it's a very very it's uh i mean yeah it's an understatement it's a very good book um yeah and and i think again like revisiting this just makes me go not only was this as an amateur me as an immature teenager at the time i was thinking this is also me as an immature 20 something and mm-hmm. there's probably still some jd salinger in me but i'm a little more self-aware jd salinger no holden caulfield mm-hmm. um and uh and yeah i mean so much that I recognize. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff that you can get very annoyed at with Holden is his tendency to constantly cast judgment on others when, like, pages later, he does the same thing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he'll accuse people as phony. He'll accuse people of, like, lying or whatever and, and or, like, like tearing up at, like, ungenuine things. Yeah. And he does all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah. And little things like that. The repetition and the, uh, I really liked how you described that, Matt, where it's, he's trying to enunciate his feelings about everything, but he doesn't have the vocabulary, which is why he constantly, like, like, repeats, like, the same childish kind of ways of saying yeah, things. crummy. The, a really, bum. a really big one, and I noticed this, because I also rewatched, we can talk about this a little later, like, John, John Green's, um, video on, uh, Crash Course Crash Course Literature, that he had two of them on it, but he uses the words, the words, sort of, sort of. I actually can't say those words. Yeah. I would say sort of. That's sort how I of. say it. Sort of. Sort of. A lot. And I was actually very aware of that because there was a point where he describes he sort of did something and he sort of did something else to something you only literally do. Like, he's like, I sort of took my wallet and I sort of took out money from it. And like, when I pick this up, I'm just like, come on. That's fine. But like, it's, it's really awesome at how much like it feels organic and natural. Like the whole voice of a generation thing sound. Usually people say that and it's BS. But, like, it's, like, this very much feels like the way that people talk and how they interact with the world when you're especially young. But not only that, but he's almost like the voice of immaturity, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Gabriel, this is the first time I'm assuming that you've read it since you read it yeah. when you were a teenager and hated it. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about revisiting it? Um, it was very interesting. That rereading this book now, that, like, I read in the read in a little bit of research that, that um, Salinger wrote this book for an adult audience. He didn't write it for teenagers to read. Mm-hmm. And so it was supposed to have, I think, reading it now is the perspective I was supposed to have reading it then, where Holden can't emote and he can't even explain what he wants to emote. He'll like, like, like I really enjoy that scene, like even very early on, where he's leaving the dorm, and he's like, he's like, he kind of glosses over super quickly. He's in the hallway, and he's basically crying. He's so frustrated, and he's so alone, and he screams, <laughs> "What's it like, like uh, good night, you morons?" Sleep tight, you jerks, or something like that. Yeah, yeah and like, morons, yeah. and the thing is that he's like. I remember having these moments as well, like actually when I was getting older, where I would just wander and not know what to do with myself, and then just like you just feel this crushing feeling that you couldn't put words to, and I found out later the solution to that was drinking. Uh-huh. But like when you're young, <laughs> you don't know what to do with this this 
emotion you have and you can't even explain it away it's teenage angst yeah i understand holden better now reading this book as an adult than i did as a 16 year old yeah. it didn't make sense right. to me as a 16 year old it's asking I mean, a lot of teenagers to like look at this and be yeah. like this is you yeah, yeah. Ha- you need to have like an analytical look at this to really get it. i think try i think maybe it's not a great idea to force teenagers to read this i think you need to have a certain degree of understanding and distance from the age because i sure as shit didn't get this book when i was 16 i get holden much better now he's a much more sympathetic character now like i tolerate him i like like i tolerate a, an angry 16 year old boy now mm-hmm. i'd be I'd, i have the i have the history now to say oh buddy it's not gonna get much easier from here but you'll will get stronger if you're lucky yeah that being said i still don't love this book I I I always acknowledge how great the writing is. Uh, Matt, you, Matt, you saw how great the writing is. I highly recommend you pick up Franny and Zoe and uh, Nine Stories, two of his, um, his two of his other books. His th- the mm, last okay. one, I'm not a really big fan of, but Franny and Zoe, and uh, you read those and you read Nine Stories. The writing style is so completely different. You realize that. The way Holden speaks and writes, that's entirely Salinger doing something on purpose, and it becomes a much more impressive act of writing as a result. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check those out. Yeah, they're fantastic. Or listen to oh. our 9 and 9 <laughs> series of this show, where we talk about every single story Ooh. in the 9 Stories collection. Yeah, in fact, read each of the 9 stories, and then listen to our, our respective uh, uh, Slow Readers episodes. And then call in whenever you want, and we will put in, then we'll just put yourself on the next episode being like, a check-in of the 9 and 9 of Matt Struck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Dude, totally. Yeah, no, to, to kind of uh, jump off what Gabriel said very quickly, before I go on break, we're going a bit long. But um, is that yeah? No, the the I feel like the strength of a lot of this is in how it's written. That yeah. that is the story because mm-hmm. there's no plot or even like an essentially like straight ahead narrative mm-hmm. that's going on in Catching the Rye. The story is being told in the way he talks. Like you made that really fantastic point about how he's because he doesn't mention the fact that he's upset and crying. He mentions how angry he is, how much he hates everything. Yeah, and when he's walking down the hall, he's sort of kind of maybe bawling his eyes out yeah and but like you recognize him as kind of putting up this like indifferent sarcastic angsty front to yeah. kind of hide his sensitivity and he i think he doesn't even realize he's doing it no he doesn't yeah he has no idea that he is like he's blocking off parts of his own emotions because he can't can't emote them the uh the the, the way that i always view the story is that like for like for four days He's looking for somebody to connect with, yeah. and he does not find it until no one end. listens to him in this whole book. Nobody, yeah, and he so many times like the everyone remembers the part where uh, Holden gets a prostitute. Yes, everyone remembers that. Revisiting now, okay. God, that is so like the whole thing is uh, uncomfortable. The the when he calls that one chick who's like like kind of like loose or whatever, uh, a, a Faith Cavendish. Yes, I, I don't remember the name, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it's so painfully awkward. Like you're looking at this and you're just like, oh, yeah. right. You, you have like like he he captures this observational quality that we all start having as a teenager, mm-hmm. where you start like figuring out people being being not phony that i don't want to use that word where he's like and all of a sudden this chick starts putting on a british accent and like she you start sussing out people lying to you and putting on airs and it disgusts you at that age it's 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 amazing amazing writing especially when you compare it to nine stories of franny and zoe yeah it's it's a very specific time yeah go ahead and it seems like um one of the biggest obstacles is just how impulsive he is, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he, like, got the prostitute, like, on a whim. He's calling people incredibly late. He's on the train really late at night. He's, um, and it's because there's no planning, you know? And mm-hmm. the the first part of it that I thought was, like, really beautifully drawn out was um, when he's, like, in the bathroom with one of his classmates and he just starts dancing for the hell of it. Oh, yeah, he does, yeah. He does you know? a tap dance. Like, from a movie. A... And, like, then, like, a couple minutes later just puts him in, like, a like a chokehold or something. Yeah. And he's, like, he's, like, not aware, but it's just, like, impulse. And, mm-hmm. like, as someone who has been more impulsive in the past than now, it, like, it is a very difficult way to live. Yeah. Because <laughs> the world doesn't know how to take you, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the... 
I think the thing there is that like he's he still wants to and still very much has like the child in him mm-hmm. that like he's on the prospect of kind of losing and that's like him kind of showing that off like yeah. when he just suddenly starts tap dancing or whatever yeah, he's literally acting out yeah and he uh, and not only that but he just goes like I'm gonna go do this and he goes to and he does it and then he decides not to do it because he got depressed yeah um, right those are doggies yeah there's some dogs in the complex. But I tell you what, we're going a bit long. We, uh, let's go on break. When we come back, we're going to do final thoughts. We're going to talk for another 20 minutes about this. Cause I okay. Feel like, I feel like we barely talked about it, even though we've it's been a big, It's a big it. topic. It is. Because, like, we haven't really brought up Loss of Innocence. Nope. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and it's sequel, um, uh, Loss of Experience. Yes, exactly. Uh, By you, too. Okay. Gabriel. Yeah. Or not Gabriel. Matt. Yes. Can, can you do us the honors and send us to break? Uh, Do what? <laughs> send us to break Ibrahim. <laughs> oh uh hey everyone we're gonna take a quick break yeah buddy is that good yeah it's yeah, good enough it my radio voice <laughs> it was a good radio voice alright everybody break <laughs> welcome back hi dear listener readers hi to the show without coffee hi uh brought to you by Kafiva. remember that Kofefe. Kofefe. There's a correct pronunciation to it. Uh, Matt, you're here with us. We're still here if Matt struck a really late night of Matt struck. I'm looking down at the phone as if that's you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Matt, you you gave us a real earful about your very strong feelings about Catcher in the Rye. You really let us have it if you're insightful look into Catcher in the Rye. And honestly, it was a bit harsh. Not to the book, to us. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hold back. You don't hold back. This is a no holds Matt. No holds barred Matt. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt, uh, can you do us uh, a favor? And right now we're going to do final thoughts for um, Catcher in the Rye. Mm -hmm. So Matthew, can you give us please final thoughts? All right. Um, My final thoughts, Catcher in the Rye, it's a wonderful book. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> I am really hesitant to hate it um, just on behalf of those like ugly parts it reminds me of mm-hmm. myself. So with that, I would invite if someone else wanted to read it to also, um, you know, not not identify with the character so much to the point where you can't get past the good writing. And yeah, I don't know. It was a wonderful, a wonderful way to spend my nights during this last week. I love okay. it. Very touching. Gabriel. Yes. Uh, second, fi- second thoughts, final thoughts. Final thoughts and character in her eye. Um, I, th- I think I'm going to need to keep on coming back to this book across the years. I, 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 I just like Franny and Zoe and Nine Stories so much more, but I, there's so much more to learn about this book. There's so much more. There's so, it's so deep and the character Holden is so fascinating I don't know. Maybe maybe one day if I have a teenage son, it'll be something completely different to understand. But I think it's a book always worth returning to. It's it's a masterpiece. There's no doubting about that. But do I do I like it better now? I I I guess on an intellectual level, on a on a am I am I having fun reading it? Not really. It's it's it still reminds me too much of who I hated being when I was a teenager. Daniel William? <laughs> yes. First off, um, that's how all English teachers uh, feel. Because at some point you're saying, like, uh, when I have a teenage son, maybe I'll, I'll have a thing. When you have a teenage son, you're going to give this book to him and be like, this is what you fucking are. This is what you fucking are, you <laughs> brat. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's very interesting. I always wanted to revisit this book because, um, again, as we've kind of was talking before, this isn't the best book to kind of be giving, like, a bunch of teenagers in, in high school to read and to kind of understand. I think that that is way too... You're expecting way too much. Like, honestly... Yeah, um, I agree. Not, I don't know if this is necessarily the best thing to do, or it's, it, it directly it sounds like it. You either should be younger. Mm-hmm. Like, you actually should be not 16. You should mm-hmm. be, like, 14 or whatever. Uh, or older, because you have a little more perspective. You're either looking at this as being, like, an older version of the person you're going to be, or a younger version, because at least that worked for me, but I, it seems to make more sense. And uh, and again, like, yeah, we were talking about how um this is supposed to be, like, people are, have been reading this as kind of being, like, the voice of the generations or whatever for the past 60 years at this point, 60 yeah, plus yeah. years. Um, and 
it's kind of like an old fashioned thing to be like, this is how everyone acts and behaves when especially kids are not going to be uh, really looking at this and, and seeing themselves because they're going to see more superficial things. But uh, that said, it's a very good book. It's incredibly well written. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of revisit this, that it's it's the same thing that was really awesome about Nine Stories. Mm-hmm. He's great at like dialogue and capturing voice. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and this one is nothing but that. Yeah. Uh, it is shocking how well he kind of captures the way, not only just how like a, a, a young man talks but how he feels and yeah how he feels and how he can't feel perceives the world how he open how he's both vulnerable but also like sardonic and just like refuses Mm -hmm. to be liked or likable yeah while seeking love and attention and and wanting to be a a joint and everything that it's a very touching story you should make it into a movie yeah it's called eight goes down i'm kidding it was a terrible movie didn't like that movie uh it's just not a good movie that has nothing to do with catch the rye uh and uh and yeah i think that's i think that's it i should be doing it we should have one last segment as yes. it goes through the book talk it is in honor of our dear friend sean hayes from the whip around podcast Jonathan Hayes. yep matt i recommend it um, i have some friends in pennsylvania they have an excellent podcast called the whip around podcast whip around is one word where they talk about weird news and our friend sean hayes we have a segment named after him called hazy memories hazy memories where we think back about the book and we pick one memory we're always going to hang on to from the book what's going to stick with you from years to come matt what is your hazy memory regarding catcher narai my hazy memory uh that's like something that's still with me yes yeah like um like what's what's a scene what's a what's a feeling you keep from um, it what's gonna someone asks you in 10 years oh did you read catcher narai what's the first thing you're gonna think of um i would say like i'm not totally sure why but there's something about when Holden meets the nuns mm-hmm. and he like is giving, um, he gives them like $10 to their charity and like he feels really compelled to do it. And it's actually one of the few times he's humble, but then it ends with him accidentally blowing smoke in their face. <laughs> by, by accident. So like, right, by accident, like, cause he's like smoking a cigarette and then he get, they get up too fast or something. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that scene that kind of like does like wrap up his character a little bit, that there is something about him that accidentally he just comes off as terrible, but underneath it, he really is trying to give and trying to connect. Like you said, Daniel, that he really is trying to connect with people. Yeah. So that would stick out for me. Very good. Gabriel, what is your... Hey. I do have, I do oh. have one idea oh, shit. Um, that I wanted to run by you, Daniel. Okay. So, um, like, in middle school, you love the book, right? Yes. And then in high school, everyone's like, oh, what's your problem? Why do you like this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, then, like, a high school reunion, like, you know, 10, 15 years later. It doesn't have to be you, but, like, a character. Mm-hmm. And then people heard, like, a podcast episode about Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> and for some reason, you would be out of step again 10 years later. And people would be like, hey, bro. I heard your podcast episode. You were way off. That book's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and like throughout life and then later on, like as an old man, you're like like running a book reading club. <laughs> Just like a whole lifetime of out of step with your peers. I don't know. That's Just actually like that. Sketch that's, idea. That's a Short idea. film. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, maybe we could spin it into a series. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'm going to take it, run with it, and you're going to get no credit, Matt. Uh, that's fine. It's it's not the first time. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy being robbed. <laughs> okay. Awesome. We'll remember that next time. Mm-hmm. Gabriel, what is your hazy memory? Um, The one that even stuck with me since high school uh, is when he breaks the record. Like, the, the gift for Phoebe. Yeah. Like, like that, mm. that for me, it's like, that's the scene that, like, that hurts my stomach the most. The whole time I'm just like, like... He's trying so hard to, and like, and he's, he's putting up the walls. So it's like so much, and he just wants to be listened to. And like, for me, it's, it's that feeling of like, you finally, you got a gift for someone. You finally want to do something truly selfless and it falls on your face. And that's just like, like that. It makes me want to cry. Like the thought of that scene. So that's what always stuck with me. Like what he, Holden is not a bad guy at all. He's just struggling. And Daniel, you're a hazy memory. And again, I have tons of actual hazy memories. I think from this time, though, this time my hazy memory is going to be um, after the big scene where he goes to... No, he doesn't go to. He actually goes to the front of it and doesn't go in, but the museum 
where he starts talking about how much he loves because yeah uh, obviously like a big theme of this book is that uh, what museum is it uh it's the museum of natural history hey uh it's uh no no he he it, the whole book is a lot is about how like he literally wants to like st- almost stop time like he's basically just like spending four mu- four days stretching it out as long as he can. It's like the Nickelodeon original movie Clock Stoppers. I don't know if it is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and like basically, so he goes to this long thing. He talks about how nice the museum is because everything's exactly as it is. Uh, and after he goes into that, there's this really brief anecdote that like no that I never would have picked up before. He there's like a playground. There's two kids on a seesaw. One of them's skinny. The other one's fat. And he kind of helps, he goes to them and he helps like the skinny one because mm-hmm. they were struggling. And right away they, they give him like this attitude. He's like, what are you doing, old man? <laughs> and he kind of goes like, he just kind of drifts away. And it's just like this really sad moment where he's talking about holding back time. And he goes to be with children and the children are just like, you don't belong here. And he goes like, I know, and, st- and walks away. <laughs> that was, uh, that's going to be my hazy memory. It's a very nice uh, uh, summarization of a lot of the themes of this book cool yeah. so that's good that's it we're gonna drop that fucking book on the goddamn floor bye jd um, there you go and now Done. yes and now we have uh uh, uh the plug thing mm-hmm. uh, i think what are we gonna do next week we're gonna do um are we gonna do uh uh, uh can't, can't yeah yeah say it let's go um we are starting a new sub series because our next strand 80 book is a prayer for owen meany and it is even longer than east of eden which is hilarious to me and also so, I, I, it's on the, I, I didn't i ordered it and it didn't come in the mail yet right. so yeah so we're gonna do um uh we're gonna start the kenzie gennaro series by dennis lehane and i, I really want to call it because because book two is called darkness take my hand okay. it really amuses me to call the series daniel take my hand but i maybe mm-hmm. you can find a better one no i like it daniel take daniel my take hand. my I'm hand a, i'm a big fan okay what are we gonna do for it's you? called a drink before the war drink before by the dennis lehane the first one the hatred so that said, Matthew, can you do us a favor yes. and plug your show and anything else you want? Where can people find you? Oh yeah, so um, this is what you do: you go into YouTube, you type in "really late night with Matt Struck," click on any of the videos; they're all me, um, and that's that's my baby. That's my main. That's where most of my um, thought and breath and love and blood and sweat and tears go. Mm. Um, and then if you want to see me, uh, taking some selfies or showing the progress of the show, you just go to Instagram and I'm Matt Structures, um, kind of spelled like my name, my name, that's M-A-T-T-S-T-R-U-C-K and then T-U-R-E-S. Love it. Um, and if anyone is ever coming through town in Denver, Colorado, and you want to make an appearance on the show... Um, just visit reallylatenight.com and then we have a page and you can tell us what you do and we'll figure out a way to get you on the show. Yeah, when I was on your show, I had an absolute blast and then we had excellent Vietnamese food. Hey. Oh, dude, that was so good. It was a good time. Uh, Gabriel, plug. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please check out the... Oh, wait, I almost said the sex and violence thing. That just made me sad. Um, uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this show. Um, give us some stars. We need your reviews. Um, we would just love to have, uh, have your words on us. And besides that, coming soon, I believe next month, in only a couple of weeks, um, I'm gonna be in Oakland on May 18th, Saturday, May 18th, performing at CamFest. I'm performing, um, as as part of the podcast, self-evident, um, telling Asian America stories. Stories. There's an entire story that I helped write and produce about my life, about being Filipino-American. So if you're in Oakland on that weekend, go check out CampFest. It's a very cheap, very fun event. And that podcast will be dropping as well very soon. So check out Self Evident. And if you're going to be in the area in May 18th, come see me. Hey. Also follow me on Instagram at read, as in reading books, dot Richards. Yeah, dot Richards. Read Richards. Read dot Richards. That was a good plug. That was smooth. Nice, I dude. wish mine was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smooth. <laughs> and you can follow yeah, me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio and on Instagram at Slow Readers. And also, again, I fucking promised it and I said it was coming out and it did come out. Uh, a Cook in the Kingdom is Yay! available on Amazon. Uh, so go up there, look up A Cook in the Kingdom. It's got an awesome cover. It does. And uh, in the meantime, instead of uh, doing other work, I've been obsessively formatting the paperback of it. Mm-hmm. So expect that to come out sooner or later just because um, I couldn't help myself. 
uh yeah you get it uh review it share it and uh thanks for everybody who picked up i had the shadow of the deep be free for two days Mm -hmm. a bunch of people picked it up for free that's great i know i'm really happy with that yeah um so uh yeah also follow daniel on facebook at daniel gonzalez fiction yes and follow matt on facebook at really late night if matt struck yay Mm mm-hmm what, what yeah. are, this is where I get all my updates on you guys' endeavors. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good time. It is. It is um, a good time. So that's about the show. Matt, thank you so much for being on the show again. It is always a joy to have oh, yeah, you. Yeah. And, uh, Dude, thank you guys. And and next time you come on, I, I promise we'll finish reading. Uh, we'll finish Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. And you should come to LA. Come hang out. We have a couch for you. Dude, yeah. That's, that, that's definitely next on the list. Yay. We have a pool. We have a pool. We got a zoo. What? We've, we bought a zoo. We bought a zoo. California dreaming on such a pretty day. <laughs> pretty day. Oh, God. Are you going to have to pay for that now? Sorry. No. You can take that out. No, it's no, fine. <laughs> I didn't recognize it. Your mom was in a papa's California. Yeah, it was, huh? yeah, it was a very odd. California, <laughs> California <laughs> dreaming. Now we have to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's it. Walked uh, into a church. Matthew, can you um? Uh, best along the, the way. Yeah. All right, end the show. Um, do you guys have like a certain like catchphrase? No. Or... no. We just argue hey, for three minutes. everyone. Keep stacking them books and keep stacking that knowledge. Thanks for listening to the Slow Readers Podcast. Bam! End of the show. Bam me and thank you, Matt! (laughs) Dude, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. (laughs) See you guys. See ya. This has been a Top Count Radio production. Executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topcountradio.com.